0: I want to know what you would think. Because there's two questions. Do you use the name? Do you use the preferred pronoun? That's two different questions, I think. I would consider it two different questions. How would you do that? Yeah, I mean, with my child, absolutely
1: not. With a friend, absolutely not. You know, I may meet a stranger... I may not know what they fully are, and they they give me their name. I mean, a name is a name in the the sense that, you know, someone can say Terry, and Terry is interchangeable, male and female, you know. Um, Diana's uh, not. Morgan is interchangeable. (laughs) You know, you have different names. Yeah, Diana's not. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it could be a tricky situation with an unbeliever, but with someone that I know, Mm -hmm. absolutely not. I mean, again, we're talking about, uh, extrapolating and saying, well, what about this? What about that? Well, what if someone changes their name to, I hate God and they want me to call them that, <laughs> you know, sure. like, of course not. I'm not going to do it. There are those those situations where we have to step back and say, no, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down with my child and I'm going to say, I love you with all that there is within me. Mm. The worst thing I could do for you is play along. I'm not going to give in to this insanity that the world has adopted as reality and contribute to your deception. Mm-hmm. I love you. And because I love you, there's no way I'm going to call you that. You're my, you're my child. And, and you may think I'm unloving because you think I'm saying, oh, I don't want to have contact with you. I'm telling you, I want to have all the contact in the world with you. It's good. But I'm going to continue to call you what I named you. And I'm going to continue to use the pronouns that belong to you. We have seen iguanas on shoulders, we've seen snakes around necks, we've seen falcons on wrists, but as a first ever in human history, friends, Ray Comfort has decided to live life with a dog on his head.
2: Oh, well, you've seen that picture? Oh,
1: yeah. It's a great
2: picture. It looks like a living wig.
1: Great. what in the world is with you and Lucy on your head?
2: Every night, almost every night, she comes running up, runs up the back of the seat, and climbs over and just lays on my head with her head down in front of my eyes. And I, I actually like it. Do you have a picture? It makes dress? me feel like, yeah, I have. It makes <laughs> me feel like Davy Crockett or something. Yeah, you sent That's one like the
1: other day, change. and I thought, first I was thrown off. I thought, this is a very bizarre
3: ugly dirty wig (laughs) if you want to see it right it's on ray's twitter page is that right ray where did we see that
2: i think it's on my twitter page yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah ray why are you living your life this way with a dog on your head have you Uh. met ray (laughs) comfort you know what ray for years you've been trying to figure out how to draw crowds this is it the old dog on the head just (laughs) strap lucy permanently to your head and that'll get billions yeah. of people to look at you. When
0: you went to the dog store where you're like, um, they're like, what kind of dog are you looking for? I'm wondering would be on my head. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Toupee dog. Toupee dog.
1: So okay, when you see someone with a snake around your neck, your neck, their neck, <laughs> <laughs> their neck. When you see someone with a snake around their neck, is that? I mean, it's gotta be for attention. Why in the world would anyone put a snake? I know. I had some potential interview. That's what I see. <laughs> that's all races. Uh-huh. Wait, Mark, didn't you witness to a, someone with a snake? You I witnessed did.
3: to the snake. I witnessed to the snake, <laughs> and they listened in.
1: Was that a Satanist? You witnessed?
3: Yeah, it? they were two Satanists, and the one guy, the husband, was uh, pro-life. She was
2: life. a Satanist. Oh, that was a. Pro <laughs> the life other,
3: and the other one was uh, yeah. That's on our uh, YouTube channel.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But she changed her mind. That was really neat. That was the a snake really changed good her interview. mind. The, no, the woman. Oh. Sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, persona, right? Like when I see someone with a, just a massive pit bull and they, they've got the spikes around its neck and the thing just looks, it, it's like that. I mean, I'm trying to imagine someone doing that with a snake around their neck and a dog on at their the same, head. At the same time. <laughs> and a dog on their head. I think the dog on their head would eliminate the whole thing. I, I would never That's like awesome. a snake
2: around my neck. I mean, just the thought of the snake thinks, I've had enough of you. <laughs> I'm done. I'm just getting a little squeeze. Okay. Yeah. A squeeze. And a <laughs> kind of squeeze. Ray, speaking of
1: parrots. <laughs> okay. That's legitimate. Oh, okay. Ray, you got uh, bitten by a parrot once.
2: Yeah, it was um, humiliating. It was actually a crowd watching because this guy was homeless. My heart broke from me. Listened to the gospel, I think. Um, he did. And then uh, I said, can I pray for you? And he said, yes. So I put my hand on his shoulder. There's a big parrot there. And I didn't think the parrot would say to itself, lunch. So served up lunch, a little kid. were you going to pray for him or something? Yeah, I put my hand on his shoulder to pray for him. I started praying, and that's when the parrot bit my finger. Uh, Boy, it hurt. I,
1: parrot! Forget Charlie. Parrot bit
0: my finger! <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I used to have a parrot named Bart. You did not. I did. I had
2: a goat named Abraham.
1: <laughs> did you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bart. And uh, I used to stick Bart's head in my mouth, and it would peck my teeth. What's you wrong know? with you? I have no idea. <laughs> But it was a cool thing. I have a picture somewhere of his head in my mouth. Was he, like, picking off the food? I don't know what he'd do, but he loved it. He, he, wanted, to be a,
2: he wanted to be a dentist.
1: <laughs> a dentist parrot. Yeah. I, uh, I was
2: talking to my dentist the other day, and he said he absolutely loves every minute of what he does. Looking down human drain pipes He really loves day. human
0: drain pipes.
2: <laughs> what a, and I just said, I, I, I thank God we're all different. Because I couldn't think of anything worse. We've all got a friend here who loves looking at warts and things like that. Ah. Oh. Halitosis. Yeah. Seriously.
1: Like, how do you deal with that? You just finish lunch, you come, someone opens their mouth, and they have the worst halitosis imaginable.
2: drop something down Let's get idea. Rachel on the line and ask her how she deals with it. Halitosis oh. <laughs> okay. is a good word because it begins with the right wording. Hello. No, hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, Indication. okay, you
1: guys mentioned, Ray, you're talking about a snake and all that good jive. So, would you rather be eaten by a lion or squeezed to death by an anaconda?
2: I'd rather be squeezed to death by an anaconda, I think, because the lion might say, I'm going to stretch lunch out today. I'll start with a leg or something like that. I feel like
0: like you're going to pass out before you feel most of the pain, torture and death with the, snake the lion i don't yeah to your point i don't want to sit there and watch him just eat my insides yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know what to good.
2: do if we're all thrown into a big lion's den i've told you what to do No, you should i've told you before you run at the wall with your head down <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah knock yourself out first all right friends enough of all that stuff this podcast is... No, I'm going to give a comment. Why do I always want to go to the resource? Uh, this is from Bree Tall White. <laughs> Welcome to a friend group to glean wisdom. I've been listening for a couple of months now and love this podcast. All four men take their walks with the Lord seriously with thanksgiving and joy. This is displayed through the friendship on display as well as their convictions on each topic. I recommend Every time I'm around someone, my dad and I like to start our texting or in-person conversations with, all right, friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Awesome. Uh, you're now my best friend, Bree. How the end. Thanks Paul for reading this White. text.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and this podcast, friends, is brought to you by the Gospel of John Million. Is that what we call? What do we even call that thing? Million Dollar Gospel of John. Oh, there we go. Million Dollar Gospel of John. And Ray, where did that idea come from, He's by boring. the way?
2: I just thought of it. <laughs> it was in the pack files, and I pulled it forward. It just came out? Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember, Ray, when was the first
1: time we did something with currency? Attract- yeah, it
2: was, had Bill Gates on it. It was a million dollar oh, bill. Oh, yeah. And bill I put Gates. them in a pad. So that you'd rip one off. They were actually the hundred and I got right. printed put two in the pad, but that didn't work because every time you gave someone a million dollar bill, there's this gooey, sticky substance on one <laughs> yeah. end that you get when you rip things off like that. So yeah. It was a rip off.
1: Yeah. And then, um, and then we went from that to uh, the first million. We just did a million.
2: Did a million and then it, all, it's, it actually evolved
1: little and by little
2: little by little
1: then we went to the billion then we went to the trillion
2: and we wanted to do a brazilian just for <laughs> just for brazil how many <laughs> how many brazil. million
0: dollar bill tracks have we given out
2: hundreds of millions i think i mean it's our it's number over, one
0: it's, it's over 200 million now yeah.
2: how many which tracks you said
0: million dollar
1: bill track Oh, so many yeah mm. i need to get to that over 200 million
2: just, yeah one one it's just one, one lady trying to reach her husband <laughs> <husband's
1: laughs> <done. laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh It's our number one selling tract, and it's just been amazing how
2: how effective it is. When I give one out, I think everyone's got one of these. This person's going to say, what is this? I've had six of these. What are you doing? But there must be these new babies coming along. Yeah, and the applications
1: we've had for it. I mean, we've done them for Halloween, Christmas. We did them for the coronation. There's just so many. People just... They love them. And we're doing them for the
2: Olympic outreach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ray, what are we going to do when the world goes uh, cashless? And there's no more currency, and there's nothing we could replicate it after.
2: <laughs> we, we do a nothing track.
1: <laughs> nothing track.
2: <laughs> like a, mar- a mark of the beast
1: track. Yeah. Million dollar mark of the Barco Beast barcode track. Yeah. yeah. All right, friends. So make sure to check that out. Oh, by the way, the million dollar uh, uh, gospel of John is also associated with something we call the vault. The vault. The vault. That was brilliant, Ray. The only brilliant idea, I think. You've ever come up, come up with? <laughs> no, the vault was was
0: really really good. So, Martin, what what's is the vault? The vault? Oh, there you go. Mark. Oh, the what explainer,
1: is the Oscar
2: Navarro. Go ahead, Oscar Navarro, the explainer. The vault is it, it's about it's a little bit. Easy. Would you, bigger there's than there's one behind you. Give it Oscar so he's not running blind. See an Oscar.
0: The vault is a little bit bigger than the size of an average shoebox, and it is designed to look like a Edward bank shoe vault.
2: Shoebox? What size <laughs> shoes do you wear? not?
0: Not two. It's about fifteen inches long. <laughs> it designed to look like a bank vault, uh, you can buy one of these, and when you open it up, you've got a giant supply a of. Is it a hundred? I think it's a hundred. Yeah, it's a hundred. Mm. Of Gospel of John, Million Dollar Bill, mm. booklets. Mark seems to doubt it's a hundred.
3: I'm starting to think it's fifty. I'm gonna look it Should up. Should we not know it's our 100. resources? No, I, think 100.
1: I think it's a hundred. I think mm. it's a anyway. hundred. Well, there's
0: only one way you can find out. That's by going to LivingWonders.com and picking one up yourself.
1: Yeah. And friends, don't forget. The mug. The mug. The mug is still selling. People are getting the mug with our mugs on it. And that'll remind you to pray for us.
3: And uh yeah, pray for our Must sanity. confirm it's 100. It is 100 copies of a conveniently-sized Gospel of John that uses a very eye-catching cover to stir curiosity, designed after our best-selling gospel track. It's a sure way to get the world's attention.
1: Yeah. You just make that up?
3: Just yeah. like that. No, we what's,
1: what's cool is you can keep the vault, which is a box that looks like a vault, and then re-vault. Mm-hmm. When you're done, right? Mm-hmm. You can put your shoes yep. in it, or True if you're God. ready, you
0: can put three pairs of shoes in it.
1: <laughs> Actually, Sue and I
2: live in a, a shoebox.
1: <laughs> All right, friends, there you have it. Don't forget the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. All right, a very important topic to discuss today. It's one that is becoming more prevalent. This would have been irrelevant if we go back, what, a two decade? Weeks. <laughs> yeah, decade or two, uh, definitely three or four. And today we're going to talk about how to interact with a child, meaning your child, uh, a relative or a friend who is a member of the LGBTQ community. Guys, um, it seems like almost every week the LGBTQ agenda is advancing. And I remember years ago when, when certain things we're starting. I mean, okay, homosexuality, obviously, we know. It's been along for a long time. I remember when I was a kid, there was a drama we used to watch as a family called Dynasty. You guys remember Dynasty, Ray, Mark? No. I know, Oscar. I was praying in Was this on uh, Lebanese television? Yeah, on <laughs> <laughs> Habibi, Allah Habibi, hookah and Shawarma. TV, you never watched it? <laughs> no, sorry, we didn't get that channel. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was a famous, it was a really famous show. It Was, um,
2: was it like Dallas? Yes, it, yeah.
1: was. it was. It would be equivalent to Dallas. It was this wealthy family in Denver. And anyway, their husband came out as, their husband, and their son came out as homosexual. But I remember as a kid seeing that. And back then it was like, what? You know, and the response was like, but they were slowly starting to bring it in. Like, you know, I still love you, you're my son, but this is, you know... But to me, when the the transgender thing hit, I didn't even pay attention to it because it was like, (laughs) yeah, whatever, you know, people dressing up like women and men. It was just, you know. And then before I knew it, it was like overnight, it became like something that was being legitimized. It was like, wait, 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 hold on, slow down. This was, it seemed like it was just becoming something that went from people that put on wigs and... Like to act like they're women, to like people saying, "No, I am a woman," and then society jumping on the bandwagon saying, "Yes, they are a woman. They are a real woman." And
2: it's the emperette has no clothes.
1: Yeah, the, the emperette. emperette. Yeah, well, I don't know whether it be male <laughs> or female, so I put the emperette empress. Yeah, and now, guys, it's become all of this stuff has become so mainstream. There's a new letter that's added. It seems like every day to the LGBTQ, what, 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 plus, plus. I I just don't even know what it is anymore. And we've talked time and again about the the, the importance of compassion, even in this. We can't step back as Christians and be like, oh, right? I mean, obviously we should be uh, grieved and vexed by the wickedness associated with it, but there are lost people behind it. And I know people listening have friends, family members that are in the homosexual, bisexual, transgender, and whatever else,
0: is out there now. I love what you just did there easy in case anybody didn't pick up on it. Essentially what you did was you, you looked at it from a cultural perspective about you, you used phrases like the agenda and all those things are really important. I think we need to be educated as voters, as citizens, uh, even though we are here in Babylon as exiles, we are still in a call to participate as voters and citizens in understanding what the agenda is. When we look at it from that perspective, the temptation is to then take our personal interactions with friends and family members in the LGBT community and treat them as a byproduct of the agenda only and i love that you started there but then you shifted into we have to still consider our compassion and and the title of this is how to interact which mm. is personal it's moving away from the political and into the personal because if we treat the individuals in our lives as a representation of the agenda we're gonna miss the opportunity to be compassionate towards them. Yeah. right like we don't minimize sin we understand how how we got here but now you're face to face with a person yeah uh, and that looks a lot differently so i just i really appreciate that you sort of define those two things thank you Oh, Mark,
1: you looked like you were going to say something. We love to give things away, we love to give things away, and that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends, we're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from living waters a hundred dollar value for each box you'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things so make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week
3: no the, the whole thing is a bit confusing uh to me as well you know um We can't define what a woman is uh, anymore. We put a woman on the Supreme Court who can't define what a woman is because she's not a biologist. We say that uh, men can't have a say about abortion because they don't have a uterus. And at the same time, men can be women even if they don't have a uterus. And genitalia has nothing to do with uh, gender. At the same time, someone who's in that position, who was born biologically a male, will cut off genitalia in order to now identify as a female. So all of a sudden, it does have something to do with that. So there, there's just been a, a, a mass area of confusion that is attached to this. Wow. We, we understand that. At the same time now, we, we need to progress to exactly what Oscar's saying here. There's people in our families, in our neighborhoods, friends, people that we work with that are struggling, that have adopted that our YouTube video, raid that we uploaded, Victor or Victoria, mm. you know, with uh, it's moved from cross-dressing into just craziness, and we are the intolerant ones if we do not just accept this. Mm. But we need to move from being accepting to these things to celebrating. They want us to celebrate yeah. the LGBTQ community. Mm. So now, how do we, as Christians, how do we deal with our son who comes to us and says, "Dad, I think I'm gay," or "Dad, I'm getting married. I want you to be there. I want you to be my best man." Yeah. You know, how do we deal with these things? And that's what this topic yeah. is about. Yeah, and Ray, I want you to to just kind of give us some clarity
1: on this. You know, you go out, you encounter people within the LGBTQ community all the time. We just released another video recently uh, where you talk to uh, a, a, a gentleman named Carlos. Who is going by the name Diana, I believe. Diana. And and then we had the Victor Victoria thing, like you said. And, and especially with this recent one, Ray, it was just so touching because Carlos started out talking about, you know, who he was and that, all that. By the end of the discussion, I remember you asked him, what's your real name? And without skipping a beat, and I texted you about this after I watched the video, he goes, my name is Carlos. And it was almost like to say, yeah, I'm... I'm done with the silly stuff kind of thing. And so what we wanna to work toward the family because it's, there's a unique aspect there because you finish witnessing that person, you move on, you don't see them again. But you have people, some have people have, they have to live with, interact with, and there's, there are critical decisions they have to make in those interactions. But generally speaking, Ray, what's your approach w- with, with those in that community? Well,
2: let me give some details with Carlos. It was just this last Monday. I went to, I go to school twice a day on, the, on my electric bike And because there's a some sort of spring break at the moment, it's very sparse. So sometimes I go around the whole college and there's nobody there. This was a day like that. I was about to say, Okay, I'm going back home, Lord, there's nobody here I prayed, but and suddenly I see the six foot person with eye makeup on walking towards me six foot four six foot four I'm yeah, sorry tall. six foot yeah it makes yeah. a difference six foot four huge with breasts if I may say that on on the uh, program with five o'clock shadow and eye shadow very thick around the eyes
0: yeah so s- six foot four for those who don't understand that's about six feet taller than Ray
2: yeah it's huge I was just looking <laughs> up to this person and I said would you like to do a YouTube uh, interview and he said yeah the person said yeah and so I I said what's your name and he said Diana and I thought, okay, this is going to be very interesting. So we sat down and we just talked about different things. And I said, do you believe in God's existence? And he said, yeah, but I, I, you know. I said, no. What, what, what are you talking about? He says, I'm trans. I don't think God is happy with that part of my life. And so I did what I normally do. Just overlook that whole trans homosexual thing and look at look at. Uh, remember First Timothy chapter one verses eight through ten, which says the law was made for, and it gives us a list, and in that list it says homosexuals. So if you want to witness to a homosexual, don't downcry his his uh, his pet sin. Because he's got his boxing gloves on, he's expecting you he to do that as a fundamentalist, Bible basher, an intolerant person. Mm. Just take him through the law and show him that he sinned against God and that he's in big trouble with his Creator, despite his sexual orientation. And that happened with Carlos. I went through the whole thing, and then I said, "Have I offended you?" And he looked at me. He said, "Not at all. Mm. You've spoken the truth." And he said, "I got to tell you, I was on my way home today to commit suicide, and you stopped me today." And I was very, very moved, and I said, can I give you a hug? And we had a hug, and I told him that I loved him. And then I said, do you want to pray and get right with God? And, mm. and I said, what's your, what's your real name? He said, Carlos. And it was like you said, easy. it was just like mm-hmm. I'm throwing all this junk away, and I'm going to be honest before God. And so the same principle comes into play when you've got a family member. You don't want to get caught up on the branches when you, need, when you need to go to the root. No. And so take them through the commandments, show them they're condemned before God despite what they imagined them to be, their own sexual and orientation. And it really is there. I mean, you say to anyone, could you be a woman? You know, if your imagination could say, oh, that would be interesting. I'd like to give it a try. And suddenly you're into the demonic realm and you're possessed by a feminine spirit. And you sound like a woman and feministic characteristics. And so you yeah. need to go to the root of the problem. Say so you've sinned against God. You need a you because if you die in, in your sins tonight, you're you're going to be damned by God and end up in hell. And that don't want that to happen. Yeah, That's going for the root. Now we have got to talk about what well, what happens if that person doesn't come to repentance. How do you handle it?
0: Yeah. What I love about you, Ray, and I've seen this over and over again when you're talking to people in the LGBTQ community is you reject the idea that their identity is caught up in their sexuality. And that is a rarity in our culture today because the LGBTQ community believes that their identity is in their sexuality. I am trans, you are straight. And that is an anomaly in human history. We have never directly drew a direct line between who we are and our sexuality. And yet our culture does that today. And unfortunately, there are many conservatives that will often do the same thing. They will look at somebody in the LGBTQ community and they will treat them as, it, as their primary identity is a part of their sexuality, they just do it from a different perspective. And when you talk to these individuals, as you just pointed out, you, you treat someone who's transgendered in the same one that someone who confesses they've stolen as someone who confesses they've had premarital sex, you treat them as image bearers and you proclaim the gospel to them. You don't allow them to prioritize their identity into their sexuality. And I, I just think it speaks volumes of your love for them and your understanding of the issue. Well,
2: mm. that's very kind. Um, that video was called, Diana was going home to commit suicide when God intervened. Wow. So if anyone wants to yeah, watch Yeah,
1: very, it. very moving. You know, Mark, you mentioned the aspect of the world wanting us to celebrate this lifestyle. And that's what it is. You know, people like to to say, oh, I'm a homosexual, I am bisexual, I'm transgender. And in reality, rather than giving people these labels, I think we need to view it from the perspective of you choose to live a certain way and do certain things. Because as soon as people legitimize a sort of a category or a title, then they begin to associate it with this is who I am because this is how I was born. Instead of, no, you, you're choosing to do certain things. But now it comes to family. It comes to to our children, to our relatives. And they want us to celebrate it too in the sense that they want us to accept it and go on like life is normal at the very least, right? I, I heard of someone recently who got very offended that their family who they knew is totally opposed to that lifestyle. They were offended that they didn't congratulate them when they got engaged to another man. And so, how do we deal with that? How do we communicate to them that no, we, we, we love you, but we can never and will never celebrate this? You know, and I would equate it to like someone wanting you to celebrate the fact that they are being adulterous. Hey, aren't you going to congratulate me? Right? Because again, that is immorality. Even if the adultery was, uh, w- was warranted uh, in that, not warranted, but even if it was uh, something that was permitted. Oh, my husband said, I can be adulterous. It's fine. Celebrate it with me.
3: We can't do that. We absolutely cannot do that, right? The commandments of the Lord are not burdensome. Neither are the rules of my house. If I had one of my kids come to me and said, Dad, but I was born this way. And I would say, well, that's why you need to be born again. Hmm. And somebody says, well, I am born again. And I said, well, we have a problem. Right. Yeah. So we handle this issue in two different ways. If somebody claims to be a Christian, I'm going to handle it different than someone who does not claim to be a Christian. If somebody's attending my church and they say that they are in a lifestyle that is practicing homosexuality, I would approach them. It would be a Matthew 18 approach. If they don't listen, I'm going to bring two or three other people with me. Then it goes before the elders, and then it enters into a place of excommunication because they claim to be a Christian, that we hand them over to Satan for a season. And then we have nothing to do with them. If we do have any interaction with them, it's a call to repentance. That's how you deal with the believer. Inside the house right? If my child claims to be a believer, I'm going to painstakingly and long-sufferingly sit down with them, show them what Scripture has to say, demonstrate that Scripture alone is our source of authority and our foundation for all practices. And now, if they say, well, I guess I'm not a Christian, then I'm going to handle it differently, right? I am going to show more deference. I'm going to be more respectful in, in my approach to allowing them to work through different things. As a Christian, it's just more of a call to repentance, If they do not claim to be a Christian, I might use a little bit of philosophy and a little bit of science in the midst of it as well. You know, well, what is right? What is wrong? You you know, you say that you want to live this life. Well, would it be okay if I had a relationship with an animal? Are you okay with that? If not, why not? Where do we now get our source of right and wrong from if it is up to each person individually? I'm going to try to reason with them the same way you just did about the adultery. Or, hey, Dad, I just robbed a bank. Aren't you going to celebrate with me? No. No, I'm not going to celebrate with you. There are rights and wrongs, and you have a set of uh, values as well. Where do you base, what do you base those on? Mm. All the while, being respectful and slow to speak and quick to listen. Mm. You know, it's but by God's grace that we ourselves individually are not in that same boat. So my heart breaks for any parent that is inside that position, but it's not something that we need to lose heart or grow weary over. Paul Washer said, the only reason why there's uh, not more Adolf Hitlers in the world, because we all have it within us, to be an Adolf Hitler is God's grace. Mm. So nobody's better than the other. He may be in a better off position, but that doesn't make you better than. So we need to see these people as individuals created in the image of God, always show dignity, always give hope, and always be respectful in our interaction with them. Amen.
1: Yeah, Oscar, the pendulum swings, doesn't it, to, to one extreme or another? I mean, th- there's this sort of uh, perspective of either we're just totally accepting and affirming, or we're irate and angry and flying off the handle with people. We can walk even our children, our family members, our relatives through this in love, and and you know it, it is a unique situation when it comes to our family members because there are a lot more interactions and, and, and different scenarios, whether it's they're living with us, or we're seeing them at gatherings, or they're inviting us to their gay wedding, or they want us to call them now he when it's, when it's a woman and vice versa, right? So, so what, what, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I think, I think when we're displaying the love of God and we're communicating the truth of God, uh, the world is simply not going to know what to do with us which reminds me of the story that I heard Rosario Butterfield. She was a, a, a lesbian living with her life partner, owned a home together. She was a professor teaching at a a, a respected college on LGBT plus Q. She was on the board of many nonprofits that were pro-LGBTQ. She had regular gatherings. I mean, she was in it. And she communicates that every time she wrote for the New York Times or the Atlantic, something pro LGBTQ that she would get a flood of letters. And she said that she would get she had two piles, that she had a hate mail pile and a love pile of people that were affirming what she did. So she'd open the letter and she'd read it, hate mail, love, hate mail, love. And she gets one by a Presbyterian pastor that is in her neighborhood. And she reads it and she says, I didn't know what what category to put it in. I wasn't sure what pile. And so she says that she leaves it on her desk and like goes home and is just like trying to think through what was that letter. And she comes back and she rereads it and she sends the guy an email because he invited her for a conversation and he invites her over for dinner with his wife there in their home. She meets their kids and he just starts asking her questions and he presents the gospel and he opens God's word and he reads her scripture. And he, he says like, Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you consider reading? I can't remember what gospel that he asked her to read. And let's, we'd love to have you over for dinner again. And so they end up in this ongoing conversation, this friendship, he'd send her emails and pray for her. They'd have her over for dinner on a regular basis. Now she is saved and married to a Presbyterian pastor, homeschooling three kids. And so the point that I'm making here is what, what did that pastor do? Rosario Butterfield will say that he did three things. First, he showed her hospitality. He gathered with her regularly. He invited her into gospel community. She says, be a community where everyone is repenting of something all the time. She said that she witnessed them repenting and apologizing of these little things. And it made her feel comfortable, like there wasn't a facade, like these weren't morally righteous people that felt like they were better than her. She says that he got away from the culture war and just practiced daily, ordinary, radical hospitality. So show hospitality. The second thing she said he did is he did not downplay sin. He did not downplay Mm -hmm. sin. That wasn't something that he held back as the reality of sin. And third, he preached the gospel to her. He presented what God has done for her so that she can be free and invited into what she would call a new kingdom, a kingdom that she did not know existed. Mm -hmm. And so what can we do for our friends, family, loved ones? We can show hospitality. We don't downplay sin and we preach the gospel. Amen. You know, Ray, it's perceived to be love
1: when we go along with everything that someone wants. And so the conclusion, though, is never drawn out, right? So it's like, hey, if your son wants you to start calling him Cindy... And he wants, you, he wants you to start calling Which him... Which son would it be? <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to start calling him she. Um, you know, y- you, you're know. You. supposed to do it because that's a kind, loving thing to do. Ray, what would you do? And let's talk is... We may even have differences in how we approach this. So I want to, to tease this out. I have my perspective. You guys might say, no, I would do this. I wouldn't. What would you do? Seriously, if one of your kids said, uh, dad, call me Cindy, one of your sons, call me Cindy and... You start using my, a pronoun, she. But you and say it's Daniel. And she. Oh, I was,
2: I was I, did you call me Sunday? Oh, I'll call you Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me three days before I have to deal with this. You know, when I was uh, um, speaking with um, Carlos last Monday, I called him Diana probably eight times. Oh. And I did it for the sake of the gospel, but I don't think I'd do that with one of my kids.
1: Yeah, and, and that was my whole point because... You, you, this is a stranger. You're not going to be seeing him all the time. You did it tactfully, and at the end, you brought it back and said, "What's your name?" Like you're breaking through What's on your it. your real name? Your real name, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So
2: I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't do that with one of my kids. I'm not, I'm not going to play that that game, and pretend that he's a girl, and that his name is Cindy. It's no, Daniel. He's a boy, and that's all there is to <laughs> it. Sorry, Daniel. To use <laughs> you as an illustration. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no. I'm not going to compromise in any way. Cause yeah I love them. I'm not going to play play silly games
0: yeah I want to know what you would think because the, there's two questions do you use the name? do you use the preferred pronoun so That's two different questions I think I would consider it two different yeah. questions. How would you do that? yeah, I mean, with my child, absolutely not with a friend,
1: absolutely not. I may meet a stranger and I may not know what they fully are, and they, they give me the, their name. I mean, a name is a name in the, in the sense that, you know, someone can say Terry, and Terry is interchangeable, male and female, you know. Um, Diana's uh, not. Morgan is interchangeable. <laughs> you know, you have different names. Yeah, Diana's not. But I'm just saying, like, it could be a tricky situation with an unbeliever, but with a someone that I know, mm-hmm. it, absolutely not. I mean, again, we're talking about extrapolating and saying, well, what about this? What about that? Well, what if someone changes their name to I hate God and they want me to call them that? <laughs> you know, sure. like, of course not. I'm not going to do it. And so there are those those situations where we have to step back and say, no, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down with my child and I'm going to say, I love you with all that there is within me. Mm. The worst thing I could do for you is play along. I'm not going to give in to this insanity that the world has adopted as reality and contribute to your deception. Mm-hmm. I love you. And because I love you, there's no way I'm gonna call you that. You're my, you're my child. And, and you may think I'm unloving because you think I'm saying, oh, I don't wanna have contact with you. I'm telling you, I wanna have all the contact in the world with you, but I'm gonna continue to call you what I named you. And I'm gonna continue to use the pronouns that belong to you. Yeah, uh, as, a, as a man.
3: Um, and, was, and I feel exactly the same way. I mean, that was so well, so well put. I, I especially liked the, that one example that you gave about, what if they change their name to, I hate God? Yeah. Or Jesus is a, yeah. uh, an expletive. All right. No, I, I, I'm not going to do that. In the same way, forward, I were to meet a stranger and their name was, was that, I wouldn't do that. I would just avoid it all together. Yeah, exactly. I have a little bit of a different perspective. Mostly agree with you.
0: Here's where I'm coming from. I think if there's relational value in history there and it makes sense, then, you, then I would agree with you. So in other words, like I don't think Bono's dad or mom calls him Bono. Right, I don't yeah. think Madonna's mom or dad, if they're still alive, calls her Madonna. They probably call her by her given name. Aaron. And in that sense, Aaron, <laughs> and in that sense, I would agree with you. I think you you have re- relational value and currency with your children, and if they're changing their name, there's precedence there to call them by the name that you've always known them. However, n- names are fluid, and the proof of that is I've never called you by your born name. Yeah, I've always called you Easy right? I've sure. called you by the name that you've chosen to go by. And I honor that. It's not a lie. It's that you've chosen to go by that name. And so that's the relation. Maybe your parents or maybe some some of your siblings still call you the original name. They have relational value currency and history there. And it makes sense for them to do that. But I honor your request yeah. by calling you the name that you go by now. And in that same way, my variation to what you're saying, and again, I mostly agree with you. I don't want to participate in a lie. Yeah. I, I have... Deep conviction about pronouns. I cannot participate in a lie. I feel like I'm joining you in lying if I'm calling you a pronoun that is anything but how God created you to be. Yeah. Um, and I will avoid that. People who there are people in my life that I see on a regular basis that go that would prefer going by a pronoun that is not pronoun that God gave them and I don't participate in that lie. But there are also people in my lives that I don't have relational currency or history with. And I've only ever met them or known them as their new name and I have chosen to use that name with them in hopes to to, to honor their their asking on something that that is I think a gray area, and hopefully to gain relational currency with that person so that right. they feel like I'm a trusted individual that can then participate in having, you know, having doing life with them essentially. Yeah. And so I, I think this is a gray area for sure. I think it's by uh, actually a gray area. Let me take that back because that's that makes it sound subjective. But I, I will say, I think that we have a certain freedom in Christ to lead by our own convictions in this space uh, as it pertains to names. Yeah. I think pronouns is pretty clear in my, in, in my opinion, but names. I see the argument on both sides. Is essentially yeah. what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and and again, like I was saying, if it was a stranger that I met, and just like Ray with Diana or Carlos, you know, he was he was using tact in that regard. Yes. Tact um, is a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, and I I think yeah there could be. I would still struggle to be honest. I mean, if it's a if it's a clearly a guy and he's telling me call me Jennifer, which is in our culture a very you know clearly it's a it's a clearly feminine name. I would really, I don't know, I would struggle. I would try to, like Mark said, I would try to avoid the use of the name.
2: Yeah, I think I'd speak to someone for now without using the name and yeah. show love and kindness.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and so so I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely touchy, but... Um, well, let me say this too, for, those, for, for you guys, honestly, not for those listening, but for you guys, I, these, I, this is one of the reasons why I love you guys is because I have a great deal of respect for you a great deal of respect how you've studied and known God's word. And and all three of you have been following Jesus longer than me. And so uh, I love hearing your perspective because, because it makes me reconsider and challenge where I'm at currently. So I I appreciate conversations like this. No, for sure. You know, I I get to wrestle with it. You got
1: to work through it. And there's times where you think, oh, this is definitely the way to do it. And someone says, well, like this, because of this. And it's like, ah, okay. You know, I, I can, I can see that, you know? And so, so Mark, you know, another thing is like now weddings and engagement parties and, you know, things like that where, where people are expecting family to, to participate in it and uh, to normalize it. So yeah,
3: there, there is no way I would attend my son's wedding if he was going to marry another guy. The, the most loving thing I can do. Remember, love is giving somebody what they need, not what they want. Yeah. And love is a verb, which means love is an action. Right? When people say, I've fallen out of love with you, you're saying, I've chosen to no longer love you. Yeah. Right? So I'm not going to choose to turn a blind eye to sin. I cannot do it. And the example that, we, that we've we used time and time again, Dad, I'm, I'm going to go rob this bank, and would you just mind hanging out in the car? You know, mm-hmm. it's foolproof. Well, don't worry, we're not going to get arrested. Yeah. I want you to see how easy this is. And then we're going to have a barbecue at my house. You know, with the you know with the money and the spoils, <laughs> and we'll even give you a cut, whatever it may be. No, it's ridiculous. We do not celebrate sin, no matter the outcome of it. So, the most loving thing I could say is, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not going to uh, give a gift. You are welcome inside my house. If they were to call, go through and and have a um, and get so called get married. And bear in mind, they're not getting married. Yes. Right, I don't know what you want to call it, but they're not getting married because marriage has already been defined as a man and a woman by the only person who can define it, which is God. Yeah. So now if he says he's going to go through with this civil union and he gets married and now he wants to come and hang out at my house... They would not be able to stay inside the same room. I would not allow that. Yeah. I would have to think through whether or not both can be inside my house. Yeah. You know, that yeah. I haven't crossed that, but if they did, if I did acquiesce and say, yeah, you guys can be inside my house, they definitely will not be in the same room that night.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, they, that will be two separate rooms. So there's no way. There's no way I would be a part yeah. of that.
1: Yeah, and Ray, that brings up another scenario, right? So you have... <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah. seen such a dejected look. Well, on this face. I'm feeling. I don't want to talk about I'm, serious, I'm feeling saying.
2: physically sick, and I think to myself, the way to handle this whole thing is move to a far country, so all your relatives <laughs> back in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's difficult, but man, we got to work through these yeah. things, you know. But, but yeah, you know, you have... I
2: was just thinking, okay, they got to sleep in separate rooms at night. so they're holding hands during day. Yeah,
1: so that, that's what I want to talk about because this is the thing, right? Normalizing it. You've got, there, there are all these repercussions that, that end up being related to it. So then you have kids, you have younger children in the family. I mean, you've got, if you've got multiple kids, they've got cousins and, you know, and you've got other, other younger relatives or whatever. So they come over. And then now they want to hold hands or they want to be affectionate or not acceptable. Or they want to, yeah. So stuff like that, you know? So, Ray, what do you think of this? My perspective is this I have no problem befriending a homosexual couple that don't know the Lord. They're not related to me. And I've entered their lives, and my, my attempt is to seek to reach them for the gospel. I'm not going to their wedding. I'm not pretending like they're married, but I'm just, I want to reach them for the gospel. I think it's a different scenario when it's your own family members and children. So which means like, okay, because we have the perspective of, I want to reach this person for the gospel, right? But my, let's say, God forbid, one of my sons, hey dad, I have a boyfriend now. So I don't feel comfortable to ever enter into a relationship with that person that they have now to normalize it it's like okay bring them around let's meet them but i'm not i just feel like saying hey that can never have a connection with our family so i'm not gonna it's not gonna be you guys are gonna come and hang out it's not gonna be you're gonna come to family events together and just hang out
3: we're gonna pretend like it's normal i don't feel right about what about your neighbor your two neighbors across the street and you're having a barbecue and you're getting no different people and they come over for the barbecue and they're holding hands how do you deal with that and you have your kids there yeah. That's a good question. Is it different if they ha- if you have your kids there or if you don't have your kids there?
1: Well, I think, okay, look, in our society, there ha- there comes a time where we have to start like obviously equipping our kids for this yeah. and letting them uh, know these yeah. are the sorts of things that are going to happen. Totally. It's different when it's an occasional, like you're going to see a neighbor or whatever versus your family and at all events and coming yeah. over all the time and so I don't
3: know. Right? So, do I think? mean, Oscar has Oscar has told us that he's got a couple neighbors that are very outgoing. It's like everybody in the neighborhood, if I remember correctly, really likes this couple, and they're kind of winning the neighborhood over through their charisma. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. We see we see them interact with them often. Uh, we've also trained look our kids. I think I think before the last twenty years. We acted as though Christians living in a Judeo-Christian culture got to approach culture as chaplains, defend orthodoxy. Like we understood culture as Judeo-Christian, so we acted as chaplains towards culture, but we are no longer in a Judeo-Christian culture. We are in Babylon. In Babylon, we don't act like chaplains. We act like missionaries. And so in my, just in my context, in my perspective, I do not expect my neighbors to act like Christians. Right. That would be foolish of me. Absolutely. But I also do not raise my children pretending like they are living in a Christian society. So my children are well aware of the context that they are growing up in. Yeah. They are well aware of how we treat our neighbors Um who, who are in the LGBTQ community. We yeah. treat them with love and compassion, but we also lovingly disagree with them. And so, yeah, I just think in general, when it comes to raising, because you met, brought up like having your kids there, man, if you're not telling your kids about the LGBTQ community, like you're setting yeah. yourself up for oh, failure. of
1: course we have to. And, and you know, our kids, of course, we've, they fully understand it, know it. They've interacted with people in a loving way in that regard. But I think there's a fine line where exposure at a young age with people that are admired and yeah. that are that are charismatic and can we just have to be careful you know i mean ray what do we do seriously when <laughs> <laughs> like, every time you come to me he's I trying to hide i know and then ray keeps getting rescued get he's literally Mark, Mark riveling it. okay
2: up. i have your back
1: <laughs> okay but seriously though like again we're talking about drawing things out like remember that plus and the lgbtq plus man it, it's got so many other things associated with it. so your neighbor is a furry okay a what a furry remember we, we did an episode about the on furries. That they, they claim to be animals. Okay. Okay. No, but seriously. So he's a furry and he wants to come over with his partner who's Let's dressed Let's say his like, name
0: is Mark Spence.
1: Yeah. He's a furry and, and his partner is a normal person, but they want to come over and he wants to come over on a leash dressed like a dog. You know what I'm saying? Or your child wants... I'm, I'm just saying like, there comes a point where you look and you say, you have to say that's that's not no
2: it's just got a little sign that said "Covid's back and i put it in the front of the house
0: <laughs> that takes care of it all i think the balance for me uh to get into the detail easy is if somebody comes over to my house who are i know are not married and they're living together i don't look at them and go oh you're having premarital sex you can't have a barbecue with me yeah however if they're participating in sin in my backyard I feel very comfortable asking them to leave. So what's sin in the
2: backyard? Holding hands, kissing?
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. Because, Oscar, the difference is, though,
1: the difference between that is you can have a a heterosexual couple that may be fornicating in, in, in private, but that's not—it's not detected or known or sensed, right? But if you have—if you have two men in your home and they're holding hands and being showing PDA in front of your kids,
0: yeah, it's I, like that's—that's a—that's a pr- an advertisement. That the whole scenario is wrong. I get that, and that—and that is—that and is, that is the space where I feel comfortable saying, "Hey, that's where you draw the line." You. Yeah, I mean, I actually, as a prime example, we—I had a family member who's going to stay the night with us, and uh, we were actually on a vacation together. They came up to our cabin. And they wanted to bring their boyfriend in, and we were like, hey, we'd love to meet him and get to know him. But just so that it's clear, like we don't feel comfortable you sleeping in the same bed or even in the same room in that matter. Yeah. Um, but man, we're really excited that he's because I've, I've never met the guy. I barely know him. I mean, why wouldn't I want him around? I want to be able to get to know him yeah. and preach the gospel to him. We're going to be spending three days together. And they decided not to come because I asked him no. not to sleep in the same bed. Wow.
1: And, those, and those are the, those are the prices we, we should be willing to pay right in terms of mark social interaction there are people that are going to cut us off as friends or family that don't ever want to talk to us again but i mean we have to remember scripture has principle in terms of like believers for example to, to not associate with one, to give them over to Satan, right? To excommunicate them. We would think that's illogical. You got to keep them around so you can influence them. But there are principles that apply to, hey, we're not going to accept this. And maybe there's, there will be a sense ultimately, and this crosses over into even our children who are in that lifestyle, to where they realize, wow, I can't live comfortably in this. This is wrong. And, and those who love me have drawn a line, don't you think?
3: Oh, that's it, right? I mean, things things may seem to be getting a a little bit uh, crazier to make decisions, but it really is not that complicated. And we must always remember to seek wisdom. You know, there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. We're not looking to get somebody to agree with us. We're looking to surround ourselves with godly men and women who are running the same race, people that we want to emulate, perhaps. And unashamedly, make your decision. And remember, when you make your decision, make sure that your your voice is seasoned with salt, mm-hmm. that you Amen. are respectful, that you do connect with them on any level that you possibly can. And we have a fly in here. How is that possible? <laughs> Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Ah! <laughs> that was like uh, at the same time. Yeah,
0: uh, I want to, I know we're coming to a close. Yeah, Before you say up.
2: this, could I just say something? We've got a member of our staff that's very close to us that's been fighting this dilemma for years. Mm. Yeah, and I don't want to mention them, but um, what we're talking about is, is very relevant. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I'm living it. I have neighbors who are part of the LGBT community. I have a family whose non-family member that's non-binary. One of my closest friends, two of their kids, are a part of the LGBTQ community, and so I'm I'm also living it. And and my you know I, I take a lot from Rosario Butterfield when she said to show hospitality, don't play down sin, and preach the gospel. And there are some people that are gonna I'm. I'm worried for the day that I am told I'm not welcome in some of my friends and family members' homes anymore. And if <laughs> and if that happens the Ray, thing Ray that
1: hit a fly in Mark's head. Sorry, just so listeners have context. Go is ahead. there
2: really a fly there? No, no.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Oscar. That was a really important point. Keep going. Sorry. I yes. love these people in my life. Sincerely, I love them. I love spending time with them. Yeah. I pray for them often. And if there is a day that they tell me I'm not welcome in their home anymore, I will mourn that day, but I will find comfort in knowing that the part of me they are rejecting is the part that's in Christ. Amen. That, that'll be my comfort in that yeah. moment. I don't want that to happen, but if it does, that's where I'll find comfort. Yeah.
1: And again, I hope that the major consolation to us comes in the form of us ha- having the testimony that we did it in love. Mm-hmm we were compassionate, we were gentle, we were tender. Friends, Scripture is clear on, on these lifestyles. I mean, you know, Romans 1, 24 to 26, and I'm giving you these to check out on your own time. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Ray cited it earlier, 1 Timothy 1, 9 to 11. Look at those things. Examine what Scripture has to say on the reality of homosexuality and things related to it, and walk in love, Right?
2: Matthew 5, 10, 11 blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness yeah and that's what we're talking about we're making a stand for righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those blessed are you when men insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me hmm. and it's because we love the lord that we make this stand
1: yeah and jesus divides we can never forget that he brings a sword and there, there will ultimately be division and it's going to be over him and everything related to him and what he says and what he teaches. So, so I, I think you know we've, we've thrown out different perspectives, different thoughts. Friends, those of you listening, I, I love what Mark said, in a multitude of counselors is wisdom mm-hmm. and there's safety there. And so, so seek that out. Seek God in prayer. Examine the word. Glean from other believers. But whatever you do, compose yourself in a way that says, I'm willing to lay my life down for you. Let that come through the way you interact with people. I consider you more important than myself. All of this comes out of a deep well of love because I care for you. And and I would say for for those that are close family members, children and, and relatives, it is unique. It's different. And you have to navigate that with wisdom. But I think uh, you got to make sure that love is shining clearly. Amen. 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 All right, friends, that concludes this episode. Uh, we hope it has stirred your heart and soul and provoked you to seek God on the matter. Don't forget to check out the Gospel of John Million, the vault where you can get a hundred of them in there. Living Waters mug, the Evidence Study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. Send in your comments. To podcast at livingwaters.com and your thoughts. Don't forget to give us that rating and remember to join us again. Boy, we've got a lot of these now, guys. We're getting close Are to close 200. To Unbelievable. As always, thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast, where we have no idea. That was a week. <clears throat> Let me try that again. Podcast. <laughs> Still week. I give up. his touch. Very evident that we have no idea what we're doing.